Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Well, you got a point out of a game you probably didn't deserve it. I didn't think the Flyers were especially bad tonight for a lot of the game. It just seemed like they couldn't really get it going. Uh, they had some flurries. They had some absolutely some opportunities. Um, both teams hit a ton of posts tonight. I, I, I named this game of posts because it really was. Even that uh, the one goal that got uh, that was waved off and then allowed in the shootout, everyone thought it hit the post. Um, yeah, just a rough one. Just a rough one to lose because you came all the way back and then you thought you won and then the letdown and then to lose it the way you do. Um, yeah, and Stoli played well enough to earn a win, so you got to feel for him a little. Would have been nice if he made a few more saves in the shootout, but I mean, he saved their ass a bunch of times tonight, so it's hard to pin it on anyone. I just thought watching this game, yeah, you know what? Okay, winning streak's over. We can we can go on with our lives. We can start assessing this team not from uh from more of a res from more of a process. Uh, standpoint than a results standpoint because you know we you get wrapped up in a winning streak even though you know like I, I said a few weeks ago if this team reels off eight in a row I said it on the show on BSH radio it was all four of us and I think I said it to Charlie or something I was like oh the worst thing this the worst thing in the world this team can do is reel off eight in a row and make everybody think that they're in it including the GM uh, and you know take themselves out of draft lottery position blah 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 all that stuff but when you when you're in it, you're in it, and it's fun. And when your team is so bad for most of the season, you want a little glimmer of hope. We're watching every game. You want something. You want a reason to do it. Uh, tonight, you know, they just didn't have it. Uh, credit to them that great play they made at the end to, um, you know, to tie it up. I, I tweeted Gostas Bear to Giroux to Voracek. It's almost old school at this point. Uh, it, it's it, it it was a connection here and for for years and I don't know. It just seems to have dried up a bit between those three lately. Um, they're not even uh, a trio in overtime anymore. We've seen Provorov with uh, with with Giroux and Voracek, and we're seeing Gostas Bear. He got a couple of shifts with um, with the Couturier Konechny uh, forwards. And then at the end, he was with uh, – he got a shift out there with – I think it was Patrick and JVR at the very end of OT. So, yeah, it was exciting, uh, you know, end of the third period. Good, fun overtime. Flyers had a few chances. TK needs to shoot a little bit more. Just a little bit more. In that, it was, it was a damn shame because I think it really could have got him going, got him back in the uh, – got him – back engaged again um you know he made a nice move Travis Konechny did in the in the shootout just got a little handcuffed couldn't get the shot off he had some room there on that uh on that glove side I thought he could have buried it but he just lost the handle a little bit what can you do uh JVR's attempt was brutal I I not Hartnell bad but not not that not that far off uh, I, I, I'm joking when I say it, but not really. You miss Jordan Wheel in those situations a little. I know Jordan Wheel had some holes in his game, uh, but the dude could score in a shootout. He was pretty good at it. And uh, when you see JVR go up there, you got to go, oof, okay. Um, that move by Giroux was, I mean, he threw the whole bag of tricks at him. He gave him everything he had, and he bit on the last one just enough to be able to get it in there. Uh, so that was cool. Um, yeah, other than that, you know, 
I just didn't think they had it tonight. I was very much prepared for a loss up until, uh, you know, the, the end sequence with the net empty. And, of course, they, they, they get the point. So I, I guess from whatever your standpoint is on the rest of the season, that's either good or bad. Um, personally, I think they've taken themselves out of the real lottery running, and I just want to see where this goes because, you know, why not see uh, Carter Hart and Travis Sanheim and Oscar Lindblom and Nolan Patrick get some get some experience in a stretch run as major parts of the team? Uh, I, I, we said that last year, and it didn't feel any better when they lose in six. So I don't know. I'm this puts us back in a weird place with this team, doesn't it? Uh, I guess it's back to reality now. Of course, if they come out and win their next few in a row again, uh, you, you never know. It's 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 not that far off. Let's take a look at the schedule over the next couple. Uh, let's just look at the schedule heading in to the uh, trade deadline, which I believe is the 25th. I do not want to buy tickets for the Ducks game. Listen, I'm not above buying tickets, but it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be to see the Ducks. All right, so we have the Ducks in the afternoon on Saturday. Then we're home against Pittsburgh Monday, back-to-back Tuesday at Minnesota, home against Detroit. Oh, wow, three days off, and then home against Detroit. And, of course, that's a home-and-home back-to-back after three days off. We go to Detroit. Um, Yeah, and then Tampa, Montreal. So, all right, little, uh, little... little blip here, but I mean, you have some winnable games coming up. Pittsburgh is, you know, it's a rivalry game and Pittsburgh's a better team than the Flyers, I say, I guess, but uh, it's, it's, it's always a toss up between those teams after the, uh, after the Ducks, you should beat Minnesota. You should win both games against Detroit. And then you've got Tampa, Montreal, Pittsburgh at the link, Buffalo, uh, and yeah, Pittsburgh at the link. And then two days off, which include the deadline, they coming out of the deadline home against Buffalo and at Columbus. So, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left before the trade deadline. Um, I don't think the results should impact most of the things Fletcher is looking to do because Fletcher has to be thinking about the future, right? Like he's got to be, yeah, whatever they do this year is kind of on the guys here. Almost a Hextall, almost a Hextallian approach. Um if you can go get a guy like a Stone, like I keep saying, if Stone or Panarin come with extensions, or there's at least a wink and a nod sort of um, agreement that they're going to stay beyond this year, obviously you go out and get an impact player of that type. But short of them coming along with in- extensions in tow, uh, just kind of let the guys on the ice dictate where the rest of the season goes um, and go from there. I still think you need to sell Simmons. Uh, I, I'm steadfast in that, no matter how, uh, no matter how these next eight games go, because it's not like Wayne is a driving force in this thing. If they're going to make the push, they can do it without Wayne Simmons. Um, if they're not, they're not. And it's it's what is this core really proven that oh they deserve one more chance? Like, listen, I believe in Carter Hart. I believe in the young kids coming along. I still don't think this is a uh, an Eastern Conference Final worthy team. Uh, crazy shit happens in the playoffs. We saw, you know, an Ottawa team get to overtime of game seven against Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. But what was that team really? I think we found out last season. Um, so I don't, it's, it's, it, I'm interested to see where this goes. It's more of a, I'm taking a wait and see approach with this team now. I'm not, 
so hardcore one way or the other. I just kind of want to watch some entertaining hockey. Uh, Stolarz was great tonight. I want to see him perform well, continue to perform well. And, you know, he had the shutout in his last start, comes back tonight, gets them to OT. Uh, helped out by a couple of posts, of course. This was the game of posts. Uh, but so it was quick. You know, the Flyers had a, had some uh, had some iron tonight, too. Um yeah, and then of course you know Carter Hart. I, I want to see that kid set every every freaking record. I want to see him get to the nine or ten in a row to break the uh, to break the win streak by a goalie under twenty one and things like that. So lots of things to root for, lots of things to be interested in as we get through what is still a stretch run. Um, the Flyers can make this interesting. They pick up a point tonight and tonight. I don't really think they deserved one. Uh, so let's just get to you. Let's get to you guys. See what you are all saying. Uh, let's start with Rob here. The last period was intense as hell. Had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Drew's shot in the shootout was nice. Oh, my God. It was it was 69-420 nice. That's how nice it was. He threw every trick he had at him and beat him at the end. Uh, Stoley the goalie. Stole tender the goaltender, right? He, he played a hell of a game. I got to give it to the kid. For an enormous goalie, it's probably not the best strategy. I missed that, but I'd probably make him dive around. No, but it is what it is at this point. The defense isn't great. Why does Stolarz hate his stick so much? I think he's just an emotional guy, honestly. Uh, he broke that one on the poke check. I've seen him bang some posts before. And, I mean, go back to juniors. I think it was Josh Hosang. He slashed Hosang in the head once. I think I always thought he was – it was funny to me that Hextall was kind of the guy that soured on uh, on Stolarz. I call him Stoltender out of, like, I think that's his name for a second. Uh, I think Hextall, I always found it funny that Stolarz, that Hextall is the one who kind of soured on Stolarz just because he seemed like a uh, a guy Hextall would appreciate considering the way he played, uh, considering the way Hextall played. But, hey, he's here. He's, uh, he's, he's getting his chance. That's all I wanted for Stolarz. I wanted Stolarz to get his chance. Um... Now with the idea that Elliot might come back, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I've I've been I've been pretty consistent in saying I don't think it makes sense for Elliot to come back. I think Elliot needs to rest up and make sure he's a hundred percent. Go into the off season just hoping you can sell someone on. Hey, I'm a good tandem goalie. I give give me a tryout. Give me a give me an opportunity to be comeback player of the year. Something like that. Um, I don't think it makes any sense for him personally to come back and risk injury because, like, this team's not going anywhere. He's not part of the future no matter what. I, I don't think it makes any sense for him, and I don't think it makes sense for the team because now it's all about getting Carter Hart, all the experience in the world, and finding out what Stolarz is because you don't know and you have some questions to answer in terms of what goalies are going to be here next year. We've been through it before, but – Alex Lyon is under contract, and he gets NHL money. One, either whether he's in the AHL or NHL next year, he gets NHL money. Uh, they expect Felix Sandstrom to come over next year. They expect Kirill Ustamenko to come over next year. So that's four. That's four goalies between two teams under contract before you even get to Stolarz. Got to figure out what Stolarz is because he's a restricted free agent. Uh, I just don't understand how it makes sense to bring Elliott back. Just beat Pitt, damn it. Uh, yeah, it's. I find it interesting. We play Pittsburgh at home twice in a row this month. We have them on the 11th next Monday, and then the 23rd, of course, the uh, the stadium series. I always want to call it the Winter Classic. I know it's not. It's the outdoor game um, that isn't the Winter Classic. 
Uh, yeah, but I, I want to be – I just want to win a damn outdoor game. I've spent th- over $1,000 let's, – let's call it four for Fenway. Yeah, I've spent like 1000 bucks on outdoor – on outdoor tickets uh, over in three games, and I've never seen them win one. So they better win this goddamn game. That's all I get. If they don't win another game for the rest of the season, but they win the outdoor game, I will be a happy man. I mean, mostly because it gets us right back in the lottery. Uh, but, you know. Just win, baby. You know what, Andrew? I like that. I like that just win, baby attitude. Let's go for it. Like I keep saying, yes, I know we've been down this road before. Oh, they get hot at the end, they force their way in, and they lose in the first round. I know it's a familiar story for us. And at the end of the day, if they go down in four or five or six in the first round, it is going to be the same old shit. However, it's not the same old shit with Carter Hart, with 20-minute-a-night Travis Sanheim, with you know Limblom being another year older, Patrick being another year older. I just think it's important to get Travis Konechny his playoff reps and on a first line rather than a third line like last year. I just think there's so much to be gained, although I'm not saying it's a must that you have. It, it, this team's just going to do what it's going to do, and I'm along for the ride at this point. I really uh, – I'm disappointed in myself right now because the one rule of this business is have an opinion. Have a freaking opinion. Trust me, it's been yelled at me multiple times from the time I started very young uh, in this business. Have, just have an opinion. Doesn't matter what it is. Just have one. I really don't right now. I'm kind of, I'm torn again. I was all in just last night, uh, but now it's, you know, the streak's over. I wanted to see how long this streak could go, and now I'm back to. Uh, okay, let's just see. I think they should sell their pending UFAs. I haven't wavered on that. Um, if you get a huge offer for a Radko Gouda, sure. Like an over, I'm, I'm, a huge offer. They're not getting Leon Dreisaitl or anything for uh, for Radko Gudis. I'm not saying that. I just mean like a, a a big overpay for what Radko Gudis is, who I like and think could have a future here. Uh, but if if you get a big overpay for a guy like him, get ahead. Um, the other big moves, a potential Jake, a potential Ghost, whatever uh, sort of you know core shakeup. I think has to wait until the off season. I think there's too many moving pieces um, to something like that. But yeah, I, I, I don't think results one way or the other should stop them from doing the necessary things, selling raffles, selling Simmons. But beyond that, eh. Hey, Nicole joined us. What's up, Nicole? Uh, they were sloppy early and they missed an opportunity against a subpar team. Yeah, when you look at it, and, and and it's hockey, you know, it's another league of parity. The difference between, I mean, take Tampa Bay out of the equation and look at the difference between the top teams and the, uh, like, wild card team. L- look at the Western Conference freaking wild card. Like, my God. Uh, let's, uh, I want to take a look at the standings as well. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, it's, it's a league of parity. So it's not like, oh, we should win this game. And, it, like, the W slash L thing is, is, you know, any given night and all that cliche nonsense. But it is true in hockey. Like, the best teams don't win 80 games. Um, Tampa might. But, yeah. So, but, yes, this was absolutely an opportunity against a team who's already started to sell. They've already moved Jake Muzzin. Jeff Carter is out of the lineup. Like, this is an opportunity to win a game. You didn't you, – you gave it a good shot in the third. I just didn't think they ever established their game tonight. Like, they seem to take the ice just thinking we're better than them. 
and listen, you probably are, but you're not that, you know, you're, you're not Tampa Bay good where you can just, uh, yeah, we'll get We'll do our thing and get our chances and win the game. No, you have to go out and establish yourselves from the puck, from puck drop to final horn. And that's how you have to win games. They did not do that tonight. It was disappointing, but again, what is this team really? Uh, trade Elliott for pucks. A lot of times people mean uh, picks when they type pucks, but I'm going to guess this is actually pucks. And yeah, whether you trade Elliott, if you can get literally, I don't care if it's a 2024 seventh round pick, if you can get anything for Elliott, it's more than he's worth because to your organization, he's not worth anything. I think Brian Elliott, when healthy, is a fine tandem goaltender. I would have no problem if this year had started with Elliott and Hart as a 1A, 1B kind of guy. Uh, you'd need a third at some point, obviously. But I'm just like, I think he's a fine tandem goalie. Um, and I think he can prove that to a team next year if he gets himself healthy. I don't think it makes sense for him to play for any team this year. But players play. We know that. Gudis is a beast. Best Flyers defenseman. Lock him up. He's been good this year. Um, I don't know if he's you know, best Flyers defensemen because their best defensemen have looked like shit this year. Uh, and you know, credit to Gudis. He's been steady and he's been good. And he's been especially good lately. Uh, I, I like Gudis a lot. I, I don't know if he's the guy you lock up. He's got another year left on his deal. So he can't be locked up until July 1st. Um, if you get a, if you get an overpay for him, I trade him. If not, I figure it out. I figure out a way to keep him. I absolutely have no problem keeping a Radko Gudis and, if the prospects work out, some guys bounce back, and he's a fourth or fifth or sixth defenseman for this team, my God, that's the blue line we dreamed of. It's a really deep, good blue line. Uh, good take. Stoli looks like a future 1B. I think he can be. This could just be a nice little hot streak for a guy who has been working his ass off just to be available, and I, I'll give him credit for that no matter what his future is. I believe his future is an NHL goaltender, and... I don't even know if it's in a 1B situation. Um, I, if the Flyer, if he continues to play well like he is right now and they go into the offseason saying we are going to have the cheapest, most efficient uh, goalie tandem in the league next year with Hart still on his rookie deal and Stoley getting, you know, whatever BS bridge extension he's going to get as, a, as an RFA, he might even be uh, arbitration eligible. So it might go to arbitration and it's like, what is he really going to get? The dude's played. X number, of, you know, what's he played, 20 NHL games or what? not even close to 20, I don't think. But whatever. Uh, if, if you go into next season with the hope that those two can hold it down, I'm fine with it. Uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And it would suck to lose another season because of goaltending. The hope is that if, you know, say Stoli is no good, Hart can assume true starter workload and then you go get a vet, you know, that you can always do that. Um but, yeah, I have no problem if that's how they start the year. If things continue to go on this trajectory for both Hart and Stoli, obviously. AMAC is a slower skater than Stoli with all of his gear on. I don't even think that's one of our, uh, you know, genius AMAC jokes. I think that just might be a true fact. Uh, last time the Flyers had an outdoor game, I sat next to Lappy's friends and family in Pittsburgh. That's kind of cool. Uh, Bill, would you rather have Stoli come back next year bringing Cam Talbot to run tandem with Hart and mentor him? Uh, again, yeah, uh, if they were to do that, I think it's fine. I don't think you're going to – what is Cam Talbot's contract situation looking like? Let's get into that. 
That's a good question. Uh, I think it would be efficient, and I wouldn't have a problem with going Hart Stoley, but just because it would be so cheap, and you have all that cap space to go out, and I very much think this team needs to go out and spend. I don't think they need to spend stupid money. I don't think they need to go do dumb flyer shit, like buy a 32-year-old, um, but there's some good names still at or around or close to their prime available that they can very much afford. Obviously, Eric Carlson at the top of my list. I think he's staying in San Jose, but if he doesn't, go get him. Uh, Panarin's available. Stone's available. A Giroux Couturier Stone first line is like, my God, it's a dream. It's just a dream for me to have a um, – it's a Boston-esque first line. It's a first line that shuts down other first lines and produces. It's both. All right, let's uh, – where are you at, Edmonton? Edmonton, Cam Talbot. Oh, he's a UFA. Okay. Yeah, so he's a pending UFA. He's, what, 30? He'll be 32 July 5th. So you're signing a 32-year-old goalie coming off of a 4.166 cap hit. Uh, depends on price. Um, if you can get Talbot for what, like, Neuvert or Elliott cost, you know, that, like, two, two and a half range, I have no problem with that um, because Hart is still so cheap. But, eh. Stoley with a 949 tonight. How many breakaways did he save? Love our tandem. I hope the boys do them right. Yeah, and, you know, they got some posts, but like you always say, yeah, posts are part of the equipment. Goalies are playing the posts. I think Brian, if if posts counted as shots, Brian Boucher, through his savvy, would have a much better career save percentage. And I know that's a I just always thought Brian Boucher got an inordinate number of posts. Like he, I, it just felt like he got two or three a game. I don't, I have no raw data on this. I, I might be making it up. I just always felt like Bush was playing the posts because he got so many of them and his numbers were a little deceiving. Like they could have been a little better. That's, you know. Hasn't LA been pretty good lately? They've been better, but they're still not a very good team. And again, they're not. Uh, what, what kind of streak have they been on? Let's give that a look. Standings. Where you at, LA? Come on, scroll down. I mean, they're still last in the West. They are 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. That's, uh, what, three wins in a row for them. So they're on a nice little streak, but they're in last place in the Western Conference, and that's not a good conference. Again, like, they're five points out of the last wild card. They're in last place. Um, yeah, every team not in the top three in the division, has a negative goal differential now. Minnesota's got the first wild card, minus four. St. Louis, second wild card, minus six. St. Louis was a dumpster fire earlier this year. Vancouver is a point out at minus 12. Colorado is sinking quickly. Uh, they're still two points out, minus one. They have the best goal difference. I mean, they were just scoring will early in the season, and their goal differential is tanked. But like Arizona, 51 points. They're four points out, minus 15. Like, and the the West is just terrible. There's, what are there? Let's see. Winnipeg and Nashville are good. Uh, Calgary, San Jose, and Vegas are good. Uh, Dallas is third in the Central, but I don't think they're good. I think they're just the best of a bunch of bad teams. And then you look Minnesota, St. Louis right there. Like, it, it's just a bad conference. We either don't make the playoffs or we win the cup. There is no middle ground. That's, you know, I've been trying to, like, because when this win streak started, obviously, I was of the opinion that ugh, this is the worst thing they can do because I just want to get in the top of the draft. This was a thrown away year. Screw it. Uh, but then it started and you get excited. And, you know, with Carter Hart, it's just 
what if this is our crazy story? What if we're just about, what if we're in the middle of this, like, what if this is our crazy story? Oh my God, and then Carter Hart came up and all of a sudden we're a cup contender. The crowd goes banana. And like, what if, like, this is the beginning of our crazy story? It's not likely, but what crazy story is likely? You know, who thought that when Drew Bledsoe went down, Tom Brady was about to take over and begin the greatest dynasty in the history of team sports. Nobody. But what if this is our crazy story? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Michael Neuvert for a case of Gatorade and some stick tape. Uh, I don't even know, man. Um, definitely not. De- uh, st- what color stick tape? I'm not giving up any of my black. And I'm not giving up any of my clear tape for my socks either. I need the clear tape for my socks. I need the black for uh, for my stick. If you want some white tape, maybe I can part with it. I'm not all that big on the white tape. Um, uh, case of Gatorade, it's it better. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up any blue. I'm not giving up any flavor of blue, and I'm not giving up lemon lemon lime for Neuvert. I'll tell you that. If you want some fruit punch, if you want some orange, you want some purple. You can have it, but I'm not parting with black tape. I'm not parting with clear tape. I'm not parting with uh, blue or lemon-lime Gatorade for Michael Neuvert. I'll tell you that much. Gudis has been great since blowing out Coot's knee. Well, I mean, he was dreadful in the playoffs. That was, uh, as a Gudis fan, the second half of last season was really bad when he came back from that um, from that suspension. And then the playoffs were a disaster. Now, a lot of people were bad in the playoffs, but Gudis, as a steadying force on that blue line, what he's supposed to be, was the opposite of that. He was terrible. And there's still, like, the dude can't make a pass, and that hurts you sometimes. As we bring up more defensemen that we can pair with him who can make a pass, it might be less of an issue. Uh, But it is like, yo, when him and Hager out there together, we can't break the puck out. It's a... All right, someone just has to flip it. Like we need to flip it and do the alley oop play in the in the neutral zone because that's our only chance. Bill, another point on Stolarz is he was fighting it tonight early, but he settled down and made big stops. People need to realize he was always a volume goalie. So not only is he fighting for NHL job, he's learning to play number two role. Bottom line, Stolarz knee behind him. Um, if his knees behind him, I guess he's an NHL goalie. I really hope that's the case, Christopher. Um, I, I would love for Stoli, even if he is just a backup. And, like, just a backup, that means you're one of the, what, 60 – I'm trying to do some math here – 62 best uh, – yeah, 31 times 2, Bill. Go. Uh, yeah, even if he's just one of the 62 best goalies in the league, but he's a competent backup behind a true number one, which we hope uh, Hart to be. I don't want to give Hart that kind of workload next year. Uh, I would like to see a 1A, 1B kind of tandem thing. Uh, if you go young with Stoli, a little bit leaning, uh, like a 55-45 kind of uh, um, uh, split. But, yeah, I, I really hope Stoli makes it because he's been in the organization a while. Uh, he He's put in his time. He's coming back from these injuries. He's working his ass off to be NHL ready, and he looks like it. That's a good point, as he's always been uh, a volume goalie, a starter, and he's learning this role. That's a very good point. Why is TK so afraid to shoot? I don't know, man. Like, he's not – It's. It, he, I, I wouldn't call him a sniper by any means, but he can certainly wire the puck, and I, he just needs to pull the trigger more. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
I'd rather have a veteran like Talbot backing up and mentoring Hart. Do you really want another greenhorn for Hart to listen to when he's struggling? That's I. That's what my goalie coach is for. That's what my coaching staff is for. That's what a lot of things are in place. Uh, that's why a lot of other things are in place. Uh, I just think Hart is a different case. If 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 Hart was just some guy we're hoping to bring along, yeah, you you want the veteran. And if they go the veteran route, I won't be. Uh, I'm not against that. Um, I just think Hart, his maturity, his poise, his uh, his ability to motivate himself, his ability to counsel himself and seek counsel from sources um, without having a guy with his arm around his shoulder. Uh, you know, the uh, you know, I, I reference Bull Durham all the time, but I don't think he's Nuke Lelouch who needs Crash Davis. Some guys need that. Some guys don't. I don't think he does. Uh, but if they go that route, I don't think it's bad if Talbot comes in at a much lower price than he's currently making. He's right now over four. If he comes in under three, awesome. I'm good with Hart as number one and Stoli as the number two. Yeah, listen, it's unconventional, but, you know, something's got to break the conventional wisdom. And it's not like he's – It's I got to plug in. I got to reach for my charger real fast, fam. Um, It's not like Stoli is 20 years old. Uh, let's give him a quick look. Let's see, 25? Where are you, Stolars? Uh, yeah, he's 25. Uh, he just turned 25, so he'll play, you know, he'll turn 26 before next year's playoffs. It's not like he's another 20-year-old. I get that he doesn't have the experience, and a lot of that is because knee injury and stuff, but I, I, I think he's, good, good point there, I have that, uh, I, I think he's a better option than – yeah, I don't want it to be Felix Sandstrom. That's not – you know, that's not an option, I don't think. But Stolarz has a bit more experience just because he's – while he hasn't played a ton, he will be 26 next season. How do you feel about G. Voracek and Coots on a line again tonight? I like that they um, – I like that Scott Gordon mixes it up because no line has really proven to be um, – no line has really proven to be all that dominant lately. And in terms of what you have as your top six, you have a bunch of guys now who have played together. So when you throw the lines in the in the old Quenville blender, uh, like you go back to, yeah, you know, it would be great to just have your one line, two line, three line, four line, and this is what we roll. Um, but since we have guys who are used to playing with each other in different roles now, like Giroux, he can center that JVR Konechny line, or he can move over to the wing and do the, you know, center slash center wing thing with Couturier and have either Konechny or Voracek on the right side. And you have a bunch of different options. And when you don't have any one dominant line, I'm fine with going to it um, mid-game, starting a game with it, switching it up. I have no problem with that because uh, I think it leads to more creativity and versatility for everyone else, uh, especially when you don't have the deepest roster, you don't have the best lineup. It's not like any one line is rolling super hard. So um, I like that they can go to it. I think it's a, I think it's a good, uh, good thing to have for a team like this. I'd like to see what Moran can do up. I can't wait to see Sam Moran. If for no other reason, I, I don't care if Sam Moran, I mean, it would be great if he was awesome. Don't let's, you know, it'd be great if Sam Moran was awesome because I want awesome players. Uh, but honestly, I don't care if he's awesome. I don't care if he sucks. I just want to see him freaking play. I just want to know. 
I just want to know. He was the 2013 first-round pick. I just want to know. Let's take an old – I want to look at that draft class right now. Uh, I'm on the overnight tonight, so I have nothing to do until then, uh, until like 1 o'clock, so we can let tonight's show go long if we want to. It's you know, It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, yeah, Sam Moran has played three games in the NHL. Let's see his 2013 NHL draft. Uh, the From 1 to 10 in front of him, he was the 11th pick. Games played, this is. 426, 382, 295, 438, 427, 446, 250, 398, 349, 205, 3. Sam Moran at 11. After that. 276, 215, 335, 136, 263, 245, 117, 43. That's uh, Kirby Reichel in Columbus. Okay, not he's not in triple digits at least. Uh, and then right back to number 20, Anthony Mantha, 188. Uh, Frederick Gauthier, 81. 22 is actually 8. Wow, Emil Pouye in Calgary. So he was a bust at least. And then, you know, 23, 299, 15, 69, 168, 138. Oh, my God, a guy with one. Morgan Klimchuk in Calgary. Wow, that was a tough draft for them. They had two picks, and they've played a combined nine games. Uh, I mean, it's still more than Sam Moran has played. Then 76, and at number 30, Chicago Blackhawks, Ryan Hartman, 217. You have to get to, yeah. Wow. So in the and then into the second round, number thirty-six, Montreal, Zachary Fusal Fucal that guy in Montreal. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Fucali. Uh he's the first one as the thirty-sixth overall pick in that draft to play no games. Only one guy in the first round has played fewer games than Sam Moran. It's just I just want to see the dude play. I just want to know. Does it bother you how good Nick Cousins is now? I mean, how is he really all that good? I mean, what's he been doing? He's getting some ice time, I saw, with them. But, I mean, he's got 18 points in 53 games. He's not exactly lighting the world on fire. He's fine. What's he playing? Yeah, he's playing less than 13, 20 a night for them. I know he's been better lately. I've seen he's been better lately. Um yeah, he's back down to – he played a couple of games where he averaged like 20 minutes, three games here where – but it's he's, – he's Nick Cousins. He's nothing special. He was a third-round pick who made it to the NHL, so that's like a decent thing. But, uh, no, uh, Nick Cousins uh, – we'd have to go down uh, – where would you play Nick Cousins on this team? Honestly, I'd rather Scott Lawton than Nick Cousins. He's better. Um, I, I don't know. Let's send Elliot to Seattle early for the expansion draft as a gift. Why not? <laughs> Is it possible the team trails off after the end of the trade deadline? Uh, I mean, it's possible they lose the next seven. This is the freaking Flyers we're talking about. Um, I do think when they trade Wayne Simmons, it could lead to not some, like, serious strife, but a definite letdown, you know, especially if the team's playing well and you sell one of their – I realize Wayne Simmons isn't what he was two, three years ago, but he is still an important voice in that locker room. The players in the room believe him to be as important as he was two, three years ago. And, um, again, all his leadership, all his intangibles, what has it got them? Nothing. So what's the point of really, you know, 
Oh, yes, we cannot live without these intangibles. We would never have made it six games into a playoff series without his intangibles. Like, yeah, you know. Uh, and I'm biggest Wayne I love Wayne. I love Wayne Simmons. If he was who he was two, three years ago, I'd say lock him up. I'd be starting the chance. Lock him up. Uh, you know. <laughs> but, Jesus, that, that's wrong on a bunch of levels. Um uh, you get punchy just talking to yourself. I know I'm not talking to myself, but, like, I can't see any of you. So I'm looking at the screen. I, I see me in a Chompa shirt, and I see, you know, me above me, and that's that's it, a bunch of hats and shit. Tom Brady deflates balls. I would love to cheat. Like, I would love to cheat and get away with it. I think cheating is good. I think steroids in sports are good. I think deflating balls is good. I think stealing signals and videotaping practice is good. I think you should win at all costs. I don't care. I don't think you should employ a bunch of, you know, I don't think you should have 25 Aaron Hernandez's. Uh, that would be, like, tough. But if it's just like, oh, my God, they taped our practice, I don't care. I want to win. Uh, I think my dog's trying to tell me he needs to pee, but I'm hanging out tonight. Uh, I guess we're talking about overtime. They should make it 10 minutes. Winner gets two points. Loser gets zero. Um, I, I always have felt that if you get a game to overtime, like the, the game is 60 minutes, you deserve a point. I think regulation wins should just be worth three. I don't think because a game went five extra minutes, um, the game should all of a sudden be worth more. Like you have these games that are, some games are worth three, most games are worth two. I think that's stupid. I think a regulation win should just be worth three. If they were to say, uh, you know, an overtime loss is worth zero, I, I wouldn't, like, I'm, oh, my God, I'm never, I wouldn't care that much. It's just, to me, I think it makes more sense for regulation wins to be worth three, um, force teams to go for it and all that. Um, in terms of overtime, I don't mind the shootout. I know everyone else has their, oh, it's a skills competition. I made a joke tweet to Dave Isaac because it was a fun third period and then uh, back and forth OT and all that. And he goes, and now it comes down to a skills competition. I was like, well, really the whole game's a skills competition. It's just different skills. Like, I, I don't know. I like the shootout. I think it's a fun way to end a game. Um, again, I, it's not if they go back to ties, if they make overtime 10 minutes and get rid of it. None of that would really matter all that much to me. But if they change the point structure, I would have no problem uh, keeping it as is. As, as long as overtime games, as long as regulation and overtime games were worth the same number of points, whether it's two or three, uh, I, I don't mind keeping it as is. And I don't know. I think it's cool that every game has a winner and a loser because, you know, screw ties. It's not the end of the world if they are ties. Just screw them. Screw them. Can Stoli throw punches like Hexy back in the day if there's a brawl? Only one way to find out, right? Uh, let me see if he has anything on his fight card. Screw it. Let's go to oldhockeyfights.com. Maybe there's maybe they have some juniors numbers for him or whatever. Oh, come on with this. What is this new search function? This looks totally different. Uh, Tony Stoli from Third Street. Not Anthony Stolars. No results on hockey fights, so doesn't look like he uh, doesn't look like he ever scrapped at a lower level either. Be fun though. What's your thoughts on Keith Urban playing the stadium series? Uh, they're never. I, I mean, the closest I've ever come to seeing. I guess. 
yeah, they're never. <sighs> Listen, the music I'm into ain't gonna be featured there. I don't like. He's country or something, right? Uh, it, it's not for me, but I'm gonna get up and take a piss anyway. So, uh, it, it, people are in the country, and that's fine. Like, I like music that people, uh, most people, don't like. So, I get it that my interests aren't like you know, Ezra Furman is never going to play in between periods at an NHL game. It would be awesome, you know, if Against Me was up there or for the Bouncing Souls or, but, you know, I, I don't think any of them or the, the reggae bands I listen to are going to be featured. So the shit I would plan, uh, Keith Urban or whatever, is is just what they're going to go with. TK didn't even shoot on the shootout attempt. He made a great move. To, like, he had room. He made the move, and I thought he, he he really had an opportunity to score and just got handcuffed, couldn't get it off. I, I, I It was a shame because I really thought that could have got him going if he buried that one. Blue Jackets three, Coyotes two. So the Blue Jackets are bouncing back a little bit. They had that big third period against Colorado to beat them the other night. Um, that hurt me on two levels because – Colorado is my Western team this year. I love them. Uh, I'm really hoping that they make the playoffs because I'm going to be out there around playoff time. Would love to see them. Um, and, of course, Columbus is the division team we're directly chasing. So uh, that sucked. And, okay, so they won tonight. That's a shame. Or is that game not over? Is that what you're telling me? Where are my scores? Hit the old refresh up here. I'm so far behind in the comments. It's probably over now but wasn't when you told me. Uh, what the score was or something. It ta- the, There's a big delay. Um, you know, you guys know. Stoli is injury prone, though. I, he's had some injuries. I don't know if I'd label him injury prone. Um, I just don't think we have enough of a sample size. But injuries would be a concern. Like I said, I think if you went Hart Stolars, you would need a veteran at some point. But at that point, I think you could lean on Hart and bring in a – bring in a, a decent enough goalie to get a couple of games, um, depending on how bad the injury was. But uh, it's not – since you're going to lessen his workload, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, I don't, it is something to consider, though, absolutely. <laughs> I like the band that played the stadium series in Pitt. They know how to perform, how to play hard. What was that? It was uh, – I, I don't remember. It was some I, – I, maybe you're joking. I don't remember who played the stadium series in Pittsburgh. I had a, I started the day at a bottomless brunch, was, which is not apparently a brunch you don't wear pants to. Um, it is they give you uh, mimosas until you die. Um, and they, it didn't really taste like mimosas. It was basically just, um, I don't know. It, it was good. It was like the only good restaurant in Pittsburgh. Like I had to go to a freaking museum to find a coffee house there. But uh, it was... Uh, it basically just tasted like um, margarita mix, but it was fun. Um, yeah, I don't remember who played, though. Uh, by the way, love it when you're on with Big Daddy tonight. Thank you, Trevor, and I guess I can get that plug in. Uh, I will be on the overnight show on 94 WIP. Back to my normal night this week. I usually do Friday mornings, Thursday night, Friday mornings, whatever the hell you want to call it. To me, it's never the next day until I've slept, which really gets me in weird places when I go like 36 hours without sleeping. Um, but yeah, I'll be on tonight, tomorrow morning, whatever you want to call it from two to five thirty AM, um, with big daddy Graham on 94 WIP. So listen to me there. I would love to see another flyers defenseman besides Gudis who plays the body and not swing a stick at the puck. I, you know, it's, that's, it's one of the things I want about Moran. I want him just 
meeting people right at the blue line, breaking up entries, doing that kind of thing. Um, I, I, I think uh, when Provorov's on his game, he plays the body pretty well. I mean, how many times do we have to hear Haig is at the top of the league and hits? I think he's hasn't been as physical lately, but he's – I, I, I want – see, to me, that's – I, I was – that's the kind of defenseman I like. Darian Hatcher is one of my all-time favorites, absolutely. I, I stick up for Chris Terrian all the time. Yes, I am the only Chris Terrian stan out there. It's the first time I've ever used stan as well. Um, but I just think, to me, the most important thing in hockey is the breakout. You need to break out of your zone. You need to get it through the neutral zone. You need to set up on offense. And that means I need defensemen who can break the puck out. I, I love the physical play. But it's secondary to me. To me, if you're on defense, you've already lost because everything after breaking up entries is basically illegal in the defensive zone now. You're not allowed to hit guys in front of the net. You can't clutch and grab at all. There's so much you just aren't allowed to do on defense anymore. You're basically just allowed to block shots. Uh, So if you're doing that, you've already lost the battle to me. I want guys who win a race to a loose puck, get it up, get it out, get on offense. That's, That's me. Yeah, the lock them up chance is funny. Uh, you think the win streak has changed? Uh, I guess, um, I guess Fletcher, his outlook on the team as of late, or has his tr- uh, view truly? Ch- I don't think. Uh, the only thing that could really change, because I never expected him to come in and buy. If if, if this win streak was at fifteen uh, before the deadline or whatever it would be with the number of games left, I don't think. Um, Fletcher was going to go and buy, you know, I don't think he was like, Oh yes, give me rentals. Give me all the rentals. I never thought that that was going to happen. But the one thing that might change is the idea that you're using Simmons as your own rental. You can say, okay, if we were to add, it would be a guy like Simmons since we ha- and we'd be letting him, you know, leave for nothing probably, but since we're a team in it, that's what you do. So maybe they use Simmons as their own rental. It's not what I would do. I think you need to sell Simmons to the highest bidder uh, no matter what. I think you need to trade Wayne Simmons. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough situation Fletcher's in because what if they do, like, you know, they, they, they get the point tonight. Uh, say they reel off, you know, one, two, three in a row, the next three, Anaheim, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota – and you have those three days before you're home and home with Detroit, and you're just sitting there like, we can make a go of this thing. I, I Man, it's I'm very much in wait-and-see mode. mode. Uh, Vincent, would any of you have considered putting Harden as a goalie for the shootout? I'm not bringing a cold goalie off the bench. I mean, that's a good way to pull a groin. I Stolarz was great tonight, uh, you know? He – he was really good tonight. I'm not pulling him. Uh, I love Carter Hart. I, I'm not putting him in that kind of situation, though. Ottawa shut out the Ducks tonight. My God. Tree falls in the woods, though. Like, could anyone have possibly watched that game? Like, I can't imagine watching an Ottawa-Anaheim game in the year of our Lord, 2019. Trade Leterre and Weiss for a bag of popcorn. I don't think you could get a bag of popcorn for them. I mean, Weiss has been – Weiss is available. Any team that offers them anything 
they will give you Dale Weiss. They just don't want to cover his sa- – I think the problem is the Flyers don't want to cover any of his salary. If it gets to deadline day and they still don't have anyone, any any bites on the line, I think they will – like say we'll cover 50% of his salary next year or something. Cause they do have the cap space if they have to. Um, but even then screw it, buy him out. And then you add an extra year to of a cap hit, even though it's lower. Um, yeah. If you could get any, you're not trading Laterra. I mean, at a $4.7 million cap hit, you'd have to cover the whole thing. Uh, I guess they could theoretically, they have the cap space to say, here you go give us a fifth round pick for Yori Laterra and we'll pay him. You know, I guess they do have that option, but I, yeah, what's the point? And just send him up. Just let, let him sit in the press box for the fans. Is Chuck Fletcher still alive? Has there been a sighting since he was hired? Maybe he's just a hood ornament for Homer. I feel like he spoke pretty recently. No, didn't he just like talk? Remember, I don't know can't keep track. I also don't like, I don't care what people say out loud all that often. If every now and then there's something interesting, I'll reference it. But what guys say out loud and what they say to the media, they're all professional liars. Like these, they're, that's, they're just liars. They're trying to sell you whatever narrative fits what they're trying to do. It's, uh, I, I I wouldn't want them to tell me the truth, honestly. Like if I'm the if Chuck Fletcher came out and was like, "No, we're trying to re-sign Wayne Simmons," like my first thought would be, "Of course, that's what he's going to say. He's trying to get other people to give up more for him because he wants them to think there's a possibility we keep him." Would Snoop Dogg be a better choice for the Stadium Series instead of Keith Urban? Well, I'd take Snoop Dogg over like 99% of the artists in existence. Uh, complaining about the shootout, like what if NBA OT went to a slam dunk contest, whoever's the flash. But the thing is, in those sports, even an MLB home run contest or something, like that would – the object of of baseball, yes, you can hit home runs, but like there's other – it's a shooter versus a goalie. It's one-on-one. Like, in the NBA, I would have no problem if overtime went to a dunk contest if you're allowed to keep your rim protector on the floor. Like, Matt, that would actually be awesome. Like, that I would pay money to see a good, like, half-court one-on-one game, make it, take it, uh, like best player versus best player. Like, imagine freaking, like, James Harden versus, uh, versus Ben Simmons one-on-one to determine, you know, a random game in the middle of January. I think that would be cool. TK was thinking pass in the shootout. That's what happened there. Yeah, he looked up and didn't have anybody and uh, just flubbed his shot. It was a shame, man. I really uh, – he made the move and cut in, and he had room and just couldn't get it off. I wonder if there's any truth someone said earlier about Stoley playing lower on purpose to protect his knee, hence why the Kings were going high on him. Um, perhaps a big guy like that. You get a guy going down early, you try to – he thinks – you know, he's big, so he takes up a lot of the net, so he's going to go down a little earlier. Maybe you can get it over his shoulder. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a thought. A lot of goalies think you should just take away the bottom part of the net, and ju- if, if they can beat me, you know, in the, a couple of inches right here, you, you got me. Um, so I, it, it's possible, though, and it's possible that he has – he's in the process of transforming his game in order to stay more healthy. Like, you can't – flop around forever and at that size I mean big goalies break down that's the uh everybody wants a big goalie but the drawback is 
oh man, it's a toll on your body to be in freaking, you know, a goalie stance and be making the saves and be making rebound saves and doing everything a goalie has to do at that size. It does wear on your joints. I'm actually triggered that Keith Urban is the musical act. I see the NHL is doubling down on having just one demographic. Uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, like, no one's tuning in to see the possible musical act in between periods of a stadium series game. Like, I always – these outdoor games, the first one was awesome, and I do think it, it did do something for the league. But at this point, I really believe the outdoor games are just for the live crowd. I, I just think it's – it's for the town it's in. Uh, and I think there's so much fun. I don't think there's too many of them. If they just went to one a year, again, fine. That would be cool. Uh, but I, I, I say this all the time, but let's see here. 41 times 31. You know, there's 1,271 regular season games in an NHL season. 1,271. If three of them are a little different and they're outdoors, you know, I don't think that's, oh, my God, it's watering it down. Like, no. You know, it is watering it down the damn, like, every indoor game then. Like, you know. Um, I – where was I? Uh, but, yeah, the, the musical act, I just, don't, I just don't think it matters. It's – people listen to country. I, I don't get it, but there's a lot of things I don't get. Like liquid soap, for example. Anyone who can get that reference, hats off to you. Still prefer Wawa over Sheets, just saying. I prefer Wawa over a lot of things. Listen, if you're going to Wawa for your hoagies, why don't you have a hoagie place, man? We live in Mecca. This is the thing we do best. They're better than our cheesesteaks. Our pork sandwich is up there. But, like, even then, you can get those at most hoagie shops. Um, if you don't have, like, a good deli to get your hoagies and you're counting on Wawa, again, you've already lost the battle. You're messing up. You need to go what – you need to know what to get there. They should have a Philly band play the stadium show, not some Australian cowboy guy. Yeah, listen, I would yeah. – if the Roots were playing, that would be cool too. Um, in the music is, is like the best free – oh, my God. Um, but that's like the greatest Philly anthem. But I, it is what it is. And now if they got the Menzingers to play, if they could get the Menzingers to play the, uh, the stadium series, that would be a big deal to me. Bundy for GM. Yeah, why not? Bill, the phrase I use is, it's not tomorrow till I wake up. There you go, Ann. Does WIP have a Listen Live app? Yes, we do, Vincent. It is on radio.com. It's the radio.com app, I believe. Uh, which one do I have? I'm, I should know this shit. I work there now. Um, yes, radio.com is the app uh, to listen live. Hey, nothing says Philly like some good old Australian country music. Who from the 0304 Flyers team would make this current Flyers team better? Uh, Eric Desjardins. AMAC went full AMAC, falling in the first period, giving away a breakaway. That was very Andrew McDonald. All right, I got to scroll down. I got to get going here, guys. All right, that's all the time we have for you tonight on the post game. I hope this one was fun. It was a little different than usual. We kind of just bullshitted because this game was kind of just whatever. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.